to discuss the real issues affecting the Tasman nations, this is Trad Tasman Talk, jointly produced by the Unshackled.net and RightMinds.nz. Now, here's Tim Wilms in Australia and Dewa DeBoer in New Zealand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Trad Tasman Talk for another week on this Remembrance Day, Friday, the 11th of November, 2022. I'm Tim Wilms, Editor-in-Chief of The Unshackled here in Melbourne, where it is 6 p.m. And I am Dewey DeBoer, Editor of Right Minds NZ, and it is 8 p.m. here in Auckland. And you also, good evening to all of you. Good evening to the those in the chat. See, we have a few people there already. And I'll let Tim go back to the next bit of notes uh, while I fix my lighting. Yes, hello to everyone in the Unshackled and Right Minds YouTube chat, as well as the Right Minds Facebook page. And I've put the link to the entropy where you can ask a direct question of us or send through a super chat to support unshackled productions uh, you should have mentioned when introducing yourself that you're married to a trad wife extremist who has uh, <laughs> a beautiful white children which we learned last week uh, through yes. the web of chaos documentary on tvnz Yes, absolutely. Uh, they uh, specifically mention if you're white, if you're Christian, if you braid your kids' hair, if you like healthy eating and children's clothes, uh, you might be a trad wife extremist. So it was shocking to find out I was married to a trad wife extremist. Uh, I reported her to the authorities immediately, uh, but uh, apparently they've got a long backlog uh, of people to go through, including myself. So it'll be a long time before they get around to Amy. And uh, obviously, there was also the New Zealand SAS, your security agency, had their Know the Signs guide, which uh, I'm not sure what, uh, what your neighbours uh, are like, but it's you're, it, according to the mainstream media, <laughs> you would hold views that are outside the political mainstream. <laughs> uh, I think sometimes my neighbors hold views outside the political mainstream too, so I'm not uh, not really worried at all. <laughs> well, there could be a cell that uh, the SAS may be worried about. Mm. Be uh, be be the whole street. Yeah, I don't know. The uh, what what happens usually is the uh, the people who who are uh, of the uh, especially in ethnic ethnic minorities and so on tend to be a lot more uh, conservative. Uh, you could even say, at least personally, socially right-wing, although they don't really pay attention to politics. But if you were to uh, look at the signs, you'd see a lot of signs uh, out this way. And now we both have uh, an important announcement mm -hmm. to make uh, about the future of Trad Tasman Talk. Uh, we have decided, and Stephen has agreed, that we're going to be wrapping up the show at the, the end of this year with our final show, which will be episode 130 on Friday, December 2nd. Yes, that's right. Um, so I will be doing one more show with Tim in two weeks from now on the 25th, the last of this month. And then we'll do a final show uh, on the 2nd of December, as you said, and uh, it'll be one with um, 
like we did our last special show, I, I believe Stephen and Origin will both be there. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's for me next year is going to be a busy year, especially already coming into the show was putting the kids to bed just before the show. Uh, the kids are getting older and especially Friday nights, I need to, to free up all the Friday nights for family. And then I've got uh, an election year as well. And as most of you will know, I'm involved in it with New Conservative. I'm a board member there. Um, I'm doing some of the uh, you know, high-level strategy and uh, you know, propaganda management. That's what I like to call it. Well, Amy keeps telling me I can't use the word propaganda. But anyway, um, and Amy's going to be involved as well uh, in, in the election campaign next year with New Conservative. So that's going to be our focus. And um, I would, I'll still be probably doing the occasional live stream somewhere with someone, but it'll be New Zealand focused. So as you, most of you will know that we have New Zealand content creators as well. Um, and I think especially in, a, in an election year, I'll probably be moving all around the place uh, in terms of doing guest appearances on various people's shows, but I won't be doing very many of them and especially not on a Friday night. Though we've thoroughly enjoyed uh, doing this program uh, since we launched it in mm -hmm. September, 2019 but uh, those of you who have been regular viewers of the show or throughout the show's run would have noticed that uh, programming was becoming more inconsistent uh, with uh, not occurring every week sometimes we had to do makeup shows on tuesdays we brought stephen berry on board just so there would there, there would be or give you uh, some time <laughs> give me for, a break <laughs> your family and new conservative projects uh, but uh, uh, Stephen is is still uh, obviously busy with his uh, day life as well and uh, obviously I'm still running the the whole unshackled operation and have uh, other uh, programs uh, that uh, I have uh, as well so I've already got uh, a lot on my my plate, so I was happy to to to, to wrap up uh, this program. Maybe enjoy some Friday nights uh, yeah. <laughs> myself. And yeah. and I've really I've really enjoyed doing this show with you the past three years. I believe it was your suggestion. Um, you you know you invited me to do this and, and set up most of the work here. Um, aiming at the graphics, a few other people pitched in for bits and pieces, and I have really enjoyed the last three years. I think if I were to go back and watch the early shows, the original shows, um, I'll, I'll probably like to think I've gotten better at it, which will be uh, very useful, I think, in the years to come. Um, it's it's not that easy doing this political commentary. And I remember in the past looking at, at people doing this stuff, thinking, oh, that, you know, I could do I could do better than that, um, but not really. Uh, um, but yeah, definitely. Um, I see, I see in, in the comments here, Origin saying you'll have to do biannual shows for special events. Yeah, absolutely. At least I'm sure that we'll do a show together at least twice a year, um, especially around elections yes. and various other special events. Absolutely. So not, not disappearing completely, but uh, we won't be doing Trad Tasman talk as such next year. And on a serious note, we should thank uh, Amy for supporting you being the, uh, because obviously uh, yeah, I believe she, she's watched every show, which uh, surprised me. Um, I didn't think she would do it, but she sits there every every or well, every Friday she did, and now every second Friday she watches the show. So I've been very thankful for that. And she's done the the graphics for us that you see on screen, and I'm sure she'll be making an appearance on the final show as well. Reason Origin is coming on as well because he's been our our voiceover man since we relaunched as we originally trans Tasman Talk, but uh, as has occurred, 
throughout the, <laughs> the, the past three years. Uh, that term has taken on a, a more a different meaning. And so mm. we changed it to Trad Tasman Talk. And mm. I think it's been that for about what, two years. Yeah, uh, at least, yeah. That's uh, good. And yes, even in this show, um, there will be, you know, the trans agenda marching on. Uh, we saw in Florida uh, just a few days ago, uh, Ron DeSantis uh, delivering a, a church, a Churchillian speech against the woke, uh, which I believe he would have, his speech writers would have planned that intentionally. Of course, they, uh, yeah, there, there are plenty of these uh, comparisons made between the wokeness and fascism. Uh, and, uh, he, you know, he's going to play into that very heavily. Um, before before we move on, um, I forwarded you a uh, a meme that yes, you just saw. Origin. So when we were talking yeah. about the SAS before, Origin the, asked for this meme. Um, your so director the, on the right. You yes, you mentioned her name. So that's that's Rebecca Kitteridge on the right. She's our SAS you know, secret, basically secret service director. Um, I've had some dealings with her. Uh, uh, some correspondence with her, uh, which every time involved her saying, I can neither confirm nor deny, uh, even when I provided her with actual evidence of uh, uh, what she was neither confirming nor denying. And you can see the resemblance here between her and, uh, uh, was it Frau, was she a Frau from uh, Austin Powers? Uh, yes, yeah, she's the... Uh, I don't, not familiar with the show so much or whatever uh, it is, but... She, she's um, the, 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 the yelling and, countdown. Uh, oh, that's right, the countdown. It's like... Send in the gods. That's uh, <laughs> it is uncanny. Yes, our ASIO Director General Mike Burgess. So, well, he's a. I haven't got a photo of him handy, but he's a, a Chris Luxon double ganger. He's got the, the bald <laughs> uh, penis head. Is mm-hmm. is uh, what uh, I'm sure there have been uh, plenty of uh, plenty of spy movie villains who have had bald heads. In fact, I think uh, from the same from that same movie, they've got the um. Dr. Guy's name, the pinky, yeah, Dr. Evil. Well, there you go, that, that explains it. So. <laughs> they can work together. Uh, now, we've started every show since the beginning of, of 2020 with, uh, <laughs> we should just call it, like, the, 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 the Dr. Evil brackets health update. And uh, at least for me, the uh, the health updates are dead. I can't think of any possible um, reference to COVID happening in New Zealand, which is wonderful. Very, very happy. Well, fact, I, I, I should say I've had a cold. I had a sore throat on Monday night. Who knows, Tuesday, it was like Tuesday, Tuesday morning, my throat was a bit scratchy. Uh, I went home early from work. I said, oh, I've got a bit of a sore throat. So I went home. Uh, you know, being sick, but uh, my voice is holding up okay tonight, though, I think. Uh, and then had somebody say to me last night, I'll just, you know, you should, you, sounds like you've got COVID. Okay, fine. One more COVID test, I'll do it. Uh, no, still not possible. Still have not got COVID. Um, can't do it. Can't catch it. I've tried really hard, but uh, maybe it's one of the, uh, maybe I just have no friends and no one to pass it on to me. It's, yeah, unlucky. Uh, here we have our media they are trying to get the 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 covid fear going again because well there's a a new wave coming with uh, what is it uh, our uh, ch- uh, chief medical officer at the commonwealth level paul kelly said uh, uh, driven by the grandchildren of omicron so this is the, <laughs> the, the, the sub variants and 
re re recombination so what is that xbb and bq1 so he did the the media rounds on monday morning and the channel 7 journalists couldn't help themselves and ask ask him (laughs) to expect a a christmas lockdown so it it went out of course he said when asked if he could guarantee australia would not spend another christmas in lockdown no matter what the numbers get to <laughs> professor K- K- uh, kelly answered not likely you know that's not my decision but i don't think that's likely my advice at the moment is to be alert but not afraid i think that would be a good way to look at it and uh, if you're due for a vaccine go get whatever you're eligible and if you're high risk group particularly people over the age of 70 make sure you have a plan to get antiviral treatments in case you get a, get affected and of course uh paxlovid is so effective that you get two covid infections you get yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes i saw uh someone on twitter making uh making bets for the reinfection rate and he was 100 percent right with his predictions every time because the paxlovid was uh just yeah almost 100 percent reinfection rate <laughs> The, the media is also reporting a push from, I don't know who, I guess just these mRNA addicts who want a TAGI, our vaccine advisory body, to approve a, a fifth COVID jab because uh, apparently they, 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 they need their fix. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I reported last week that uh, the Queensland Chief Health Officer, Dr John Gerrard, a... Uh, introduced a traffic light advisory system so the, the <laughs> traffic lights are back which i, yeah, I know uh, that needs a trigger warning for new zealanders yeah so it's uh, anastasia palaché announced that uh, the traffic light was being switched from green to, to amber so it's what is it wear a mask in healthcare settings if you can't socially distance public transport if you are older or medically at risk, uh, if you're around people who are vulnerable to, to COVID-19. So we had the the weekly dump of our COVID numbers uh, from the, the states around Australia today. And of course, that was regurgitated in the media as that COVID cases have increased by 40-50%. Hospitalizations have gone up, but it's still incredibly low compared to where we're at with the the BA4 and 5 wave and the original Omicron wave. But like we like our numbers have been so low that like obviously they're going to go up in a wave, but you know, it's they've doubled. Mm-hmm. What we have here in New Zealand is our hospitals permanently overwhelmed with just everything, uh, like normal sicknesses, normal diseases, uh, lots of people having heart attacks and strokes and who knows what else uh, from uh, not nothing at all related to uh, the uh, the shots. Who knows? Uh, uh, yeah, so there's no talk at all about COVID. All the talk is about the fact that our hospitals are completely uh, overwhelmed because they've completely neglected the healthcare system and everything to do uh do the theater to do COVID theater for three years. And um, now we're, we're dealing with excess deaths where people get turned away from hospitals. I think uh, a month ago on the show, I was talking about somebody who went home was it spent 20, 12 hours in in emergency room, went home and died. You know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that's happening in New Zealand now. Uh, and 
that's the that's the real tragedy real tragedy and that's why there will be no more further talk of COVID in new zealand anyway because our healthcare system is now permanently on the brink of collapse uh, because of the lockdowns because of uh, delayed treatments uh, because of scaring people telling and people they went outside that if, if you go to the doctor you'll catch COVID. so stay home and die instead and all of that happened for for two and a half to three years and uh, it's it's such a tragedy because it didn't have to happen and because we saw it coming we predicted it would happen and it's exactly what's happening now um and uh, they, they nobody's owning up to it nobody uh, is is gonna be punished for it you know they're talking about covid uh, what was the covid amnesty oh yes. uh, in america but there's not there's not even any threat that anything will happen to these people they they will they'll move on to the next uh to the next dry or whatever it is and then the next emergency the next uh um crisis and they will they won't pay for what they've done there was a cafe in melbourne who put out this apology sign to the unvaccinated and vax coerced last year we didn't know the injection does not stop covid transmission it does not protect others now we know we're wrong to exclude you now obviously that cafe would have well the government would have been breathing down their necks but it's good to see them put up that sign because a lot of people will not admit they were wrong at all certainly our governments will will not and so and also better late than never uh, an apology mm -hmm. yes certainly but if people are forgiving they'll they will accept apologies and they'll forgive you um but uh, if you won't admit that you were wrong, uh, then there's an insurmountable obstacle to overcome. Uh, what about uh, amnesty for those who got COVID fines or or charges? Uh, that doesn't so, seem. So we've had very, we've had very few of that in in New Zealand. Um, I did see one go to jail this week. But that's because uh, he had a dozen other charges related to drugs and firearms and who knows oh, what yes. else. So it was like the headline was, you know, man, COVID protests, whatever, going to prison. Uh, he went to prison for all this other stuff. So uh, this is breaking news from 6 p.m., a little, little two hours behind on this now. Um, the police error sinks the uh, trespass, uh, pro protest trespass charge. So the first challenge to the validity of these trespass orders has uh, has has been victorious so that uh, bodes well for those who you know who, who, who have been charged with trespass uh, as part of this protest uh, because they actually dropped charges against many protesters but they kept going with the the charges that they thought they could uh, get wins on obviously and a judge has has just thrown the first one out um, saying that uh, they didn't uh, give a clear enough instructions. So they, you stop, if you stop scrolling there, um, I say, you know, they, the, uh, yeah, anyway, there's okay. the judge said arrest teams would reach through police lines, pull protesters through from this narrative. It is clear that parliamentary services and police attempted an escalating series of messages to the protesters over the course of three days to encourage compliance from the least confrontational to closing parliament grounds. So he said the message was not clear revocation of the authority of people to be on parliament grounds for it to be a sufficient warning under the trespass act. And, um, yeah, they basically the pro the process they used to escalate and then to conduct raids into the uh, ranks of the protesters. Uh, he uh, has uh, noted was not sufficient under uh, for, for this to be to, to to be valid enough to place trespass uh, charges. So that is good news for these people. And it's good to see a judge finally mm -hmm. 
just well, a, not basically not uh, be captured by mm. his paymasters and just apply the the law as as they they saw it. I know in Victoria, uh, most of the the judges here just uh, uh, go along with whatever the uh, Victorian yeah. government decides. Our, I think our judiciary our judiciary is is more hostile towards the police than the judiciary in many other countries. Um, perhaps in large because it's so left wing, uh, it tends to be anti. Uh, uh, at least, uh, I would say, anti-police uh, brutality, police overreach. They, they, police don't get the benefit of the doubt in New Zealand, usually. Um, and um, that's definitely working in their, in their favour here. Uh, Dr. Foster is asking here, did you gentlemen see the Amnesty article in The Atlantic the other day? And what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, we just briefly discussed it about um, uh, the Amnesty. And I said, uh, I mentioned the my, my reference earlier to saying, that, that nobody would pay for this eventually. There's no point in talking about an amnesty because at least in New Zealand, uh, there's no risk of them ever getting in trouble for what they did. There's no consequences. Um, it's, they, they get away with it. Uh, we had on, uh, as a guest on uh, the Fred Paul Show, which is a new program on Alan Jones's uh, ADH uh, TV, uh, Oliver Hartwig of the, the New Zealand uh, Initiative, who mm-hmm. set yes. out quite well just how badly the cost of living crisis mm-hmm. is in New Zealand. And of course, uh, you would know uh, first firsthand as well. I mean, our inflation is, what is it, a 7.3% mm-hmm. at the moment. Yes, uh, ours is 7, 7.3 last quarter, 7.2 for this quarter. Um, but we just had it announced today, uh, food index uh, prices came in, steepest uh, in 14 years, 10.1% from October 2021 to October 2022. Highest annual increase since 2008. Um, fruit and vegetables up by 17%. Um about 9% for meat, uh, to 10% for meat, poultry, and fish. Increase of the prices on eggs, cheese, noodles, potatoes, bananas, cabbages, those uh, staples. And absolutely, we've noticed that New Zealand, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Amy, Amy has noticed that from the grocery stores trying to do the budget. In fact, we were looking at the budget the other week and she was uh, saying she was surprised at the fact that we haven't increased our budgeted amount for, for, for food in the past year because she's been uh, going, you know, looking for good deals and trying new things to make the budget go further, make the food go further. Um, uh, I joked uh, to, to my dad the other day that um, he's what I uh, said, oh, it's okay, we're, I'm just I'm just eating less, you know, it's good. We just we just uh, uh, can lose weight now, we can eat less. <laughs> well, uh, I... That works, that works for six months, but after that, uh, things started to get ugly. Uh, Jacinta's put you uh, compulsory communist manifesto diet. <laughs> yes. That's exactly it. Um, we get there. Uh, in a communist country, there are no fat people. So, uh, yeah. Hey, maybe, I mean, it's unlikely that it's the case, but maybe the uh, obesity epidemic will be fixed in New Zealand. Uh, you know, we'll get to look for the, look for the silver lining. Uh, maybe then Magda Shabansky, because she's doing, what is that, uh, uh, Magda's uh, big health check about the health of the nation, even though she's, <laughs> she, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Australians, maybe she should go to 
North Korea, uh, China, or or, or Cuba, uh, then if she is, it doesn't want the temptation of uh, McDonald's and around every corner, which she seems to blame. Yeah, uh, good luck affording McDonald's in New Zealand now. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of these fast food places, uh, restaurants, it's insanely expensive. Uh, eating, like getting fish and chips now. Uh, we used to do fish and chips for, I go, I don't know how much we were. Um, Amy will know, but whatever. You could, uh, we, it's gone up at least 30. Most of these takeaways are only have gone up by 30 to 40% in the past wow. year. So many of them hadn't raised prices for a while. So we're just getting, you know, getting a big hit. But uh, we, we did work it out with several of these uh, fast food places we'd like to go to. They were the cheapest around. We'd always go there. And uh, just in, uh, I think, June, July, July this year, they just straight up across the board bumped up all their prices by 30%. Uh, origin, no, I would not pay $20 for a block of, of, of tasty cheese. Um, you don't get the choice in New Zealand. <laughs> well, I just wouldn't eat it. Like, I can live without it. <laughs> but, yes. And, and not... unless, like I said, that's what people do. They just don't eat these things, which has further, you know, possibly has further implications. Uh, so for us, personally, right now, they're positive and, you know, we could lose some weight. But um, that's, that's that excuse isn't going to last for long. In it's not that bad in Australia yet, uh, food price inflation, uh, but certainly the the energy crisis is what is causing the the biggest crunch. And so last week, the industry uh, industry minister Ed Husick uh, said it's because of of glut and greed, and so uh, declared uh, that it was not a uh, supply. Uh, issue that it was yes that uh, yeah these these greedy greedy corporates and uh, so there's there's going to be either uh, they're talking about some price uh, controls or what is it Albanese today was talking about a super profits tax tax which uh, or what is it they called windfall mm-hmm. tax now windfall the, yeah yeah the previous. Uh, Rudd-Gillard Labor government, it was a political disaster for them when they tried to introduce a mining uh, resource uh, super profits tax. And so Jim Chalmers has said that the government is working around the clock to come up with a solution to prevent energy prices from uh, soaring and to have a solution before uh, New Year. So I don't know how they're going to break the laws of... uh, Demand and supply. Of course, they can always uh, increase supply by uh, lifting all their prohibitions on gas exploration, or the states uh, can. Uh, but uh, labor governments particularly believe in, uh, yeah, that they they are above the laws of economics. <laughs> and we have a similar situation here in New Zealand as well. Um, Grant Robertson and Jacinda Ardern announced investigating uh, the bank, uh, charging the banks extra. Obviously, the banks are making record profits here in New Zealand as well. Um, but it's a similar similar issue where um, taxing them uh, or, or, you know, the, uh, the on-the-fly taxes that the Labour Party likes to come with don't actually deal with the problems. Um, it's just, you know, oh, so-and-so has made too much money. We'll try and take a slice of that. Um, and the the end result doesn't actually leave anybody better off 
Uh, because and usually that usually they get around it any, anyway. So <laughs> in resource rich Western Australia, they're actually going to uh, their premier Mark McGowan has said that they'll have to import coal from New South Wales to keep <laughs> the lights on until twenty thirty. And so uh, they've got now a what is Californian style uh, SMS warning system to during peak times uh, advise the power off like California. To, yeah, residents to <laughs> put down their their power there. So yes, uh, even though they've got hardworking uh, miners uh, such as Dean Reinhardt there, who a lot of Australians are. Uh, in grateful uh, for her con uh, contributions. Uh, yes. Uh, so apparently, yeah, they're going to be short of one resource, even though they're resource rich. So yes, there you go. Bizarre. Hmm. I see the, uh, the chat here is talking about uh, cheese still and absolutely. Um, I'm a big, big cheese fan. I don't know if you can tell that I'm Dutch, um, but yeah. Uh, we actually, uh, Dr. Foster saying, but yeah, eating cheese in this day and age, you might as well spend a week's salary on the proper French stuff. I get the proper Dutch stuff. Uh, we It's made down in uh, in Mercer, um, and uh, it's much better than the French cheese, in my opinion. Uh, really good Dutch cheese, and it's still only about $30 a kg, um, and you eat much less of it than you do, you know, the cheap, nasty cheese. You know, only, only a small amount of good cheese to get the hit. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so I make sure my uh, my cheese supplier brings me cheese every every couple of weeks. It's a, it sounds like it's going to be like an underground cheese economy. <laughs> well, isn't that how it like develop like how the, like free market yeah, trading <laughs> underground in communist countries like when there was all these food shortages. Uh, yeah, I can see that happening. Um, and yeah, I see um, uh, Tare is saying in the chat here that uh, was it bulk buying? You're bulk buying, bulk cooking. That's how we've managed to keep down on the um, on the budget here uh, as well. Just Amy's been doing bulk buying and bulk cooking. Um, but anyway, no thanks to blue cheese and all that nasty stuff. Uh, I'm I'm all for all for some good traditional Dutch gouda and kamijnekaas. Uh, lots of really good flavors. Now let's move on to election season. Uh, we'll, we'll start with uh, the, is there any update in the West, Hamilton West by-election in New Zealand? Yes, Hamilton West. Um, <clears throat> so we've got 12 candidates announced. Um, let's come bring up a little list here. Yep. Um, there's one, one uh, coalition, one or two parties running one candidate, which is New Conservative and the, the one party. So we actually uh, sorted out a little deal with them. We're running our candidate, and they're supporting him. And we're running on on issues that that we have in common. Uh, for those who don't know, the one party they're a small little uh, sort of charismatic dominionist party. So uh, being able to just have one conservative, socially conservative option on the ballot is good. And the National Party used to have a socially conservative candidate here, and he's resigned and gone. They have a they have a ban on Christians now in the National Party. I think. And some of them are being, uh, they call them select, have their, having their selections challenged, like they'd be called being primaried in, in the USA. Um, and the uh, it's, that's sort of what's happening to some of these national MPs. So we're running uh, just one socially conservative candidate. And oh, could you keep that up for a little bit longer? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, the 
Uh, key thing there, you will notice the Green Party is not in that list. So that's uh, they're supporting the Labour Party. So they're they're uh, the only one that's I think the only party that's basically just not running a candidate at all. And it's interesting to see uh, Sharma Gaurav Gaurav Sharma or Shwarma, I guess they might pronounce his name. Um, he has a party called the New Zealand Momentum Party. So uh, that is uh, what he's deciding to call his possibly uh, Hindu Hindutva uh, nationalist party. Who knows what what he's doing there? Momentum, uh, yeah. I could make puns about that name all night, but uh, we have to keep moving. Uh, who are the Money Free Party? Never heard of them. Um, didn't do any research before the show. Not really wanting to do any now. Um, maybe like social credit, but <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I, I really don't know. <clears throat> and is Vision New Zealand, is that? Yeah, so they, it's Brian Tamaki, Brian Hanna, Hanna Tamaki's party. Um, for those of you who know the Tamakis. Mm-hmm. You uh, don't... Uh, I'm not, uh, not a big fan. No. <laughs> I'm not a... No, how do I put this charitably? Um, yeah. Not into not into his, um, his particular uh, uh, religious persuasion. Uh, Castle Match says, are you doing a Victorian election stream? Uh, yes, the Unshackled is. So it'll be election night when the, the polls close on Saturday, the 26th of November. Uh, so at the moment, it'll be myself and Stephen Berry. Uh, but of course, we'll have other panellists throughout the, the night. So early voting commences on Monday. Uh, the candidate ballot draws were uh, conducted this afternoon after all uh, candidates declared. So Anthony Green, the ABC's election analyst, has uh, done a, a summary how there's a record number of candidates in the, the lower house. Uh, so there's 88 uh, lower house electorates, 740 candidates, and in the legislative council, which still has group voting tickets, it's eight five-member regions. So that means group voting tickets. You can put a one above the line, and then the preferences are distributed according to the party tickets. So a minor and micro parties can still get elected with small amounts of the vote through what some call the the preference lottery. Uh, So in 2022, there are 178 uh, legislative uh, council uh, groups and there's 454 candidates. So it was interesting with the ballot draw this afternoon in Dan Andrews' uh, own seat of Mulgrave, where there are plenty of challenges, he managed to get the number one spot on the ballot, which is always good for those who donkey vote, just go one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, also uh, the the treasurer, Tim Palace, who's also under challenge in his seat of Werribee, also got number one on the ballot. That's and very the way. The, the way the VEC uh, does the ballot draw, it's not done by like a lotto drawer. It's done by a computer program. So, mm. ah, yes, I've programmed computer programs before. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, coincidental. Um, what's the what is the polling? What is the um, you know, what does it look like? Uh, Dan Andrews re-election, or is he actually under threat this time? 
We're due for another round of polls on the weekend. So the news poll this week uh, showed that things had tightened slightly, at least on the the primary vote. So Coalition and Labor at 37% primary, the Greens at 13%, others at 13%. On the the two-party preferred, uh, Labor is 54-46 ahead, which is what they were at 2018. But as you can see with previous polling, like uh, that... uh, it's the the closest it has been to to party preferred. Uh, this this is a freshwater strategy Australian Financial Review poll. So, Labor thirty seven, a coalition thirty four, Greens fourteen, Independent fifteen. We'll see if they they tighten it in in the the latest round. It's the first. This is the second week of the the campaign. Uh, now the reason why a lot of uh, there's a lot of candidates who are running for Dan Andrews' seat of Mulgrave uh, is because if he loses that seat, then he can't be premier under the the Westminster yeah. uh, Westminster conventions. And one of his challenges is Kim Jong Un impersonator uh, Howard X Lee, who is believes that uh, Dan Andrews' uh, COVID zero lockdowns weren't extreme enough, and this is. Uh, his, his platform that he told to, to Six News the other night. Hello, Australia. Well, Dan Andrews is the dictator, but I am a much better dictator than dictator Dan. And how do you think you're actually going to go here? It's a, it's a crowded race over in Mulgrave. Well, I think the people need a new leader for the region. I've been going around the area, and I can see that it's mostly Asians here. And I think it is about time that the area had an Asian candidate. So, um, Dictator Dan, stop abusing your white privilege. It is time to give your job to the Asian man with the big rocket. And uh, Kim Jong-un endorsed uh, Gladys Liu, the Liberal MP for for Chisholm at the federal election because of her uh, CCP connections, though she sadly lost. So now Kim Jong-un is is running uh, officially. (laughs) Um, I'm looking here... um... Since you're speaking of polls, I kind of skipped the uh, the polls for the Hamilton West by election. As I was going to mention, that the race is considered to be competitive, although um, the National Party, I believe, is polling about uh, ten, about nine percent ahead of the Labour Party. Um, and uh, Gaurav Sharma, the uh, former well, the former Labour MP, uh, he's only polling at two and a half percent. So um, I think that really tells you that. The MPs that we have there, they don't get uh, the seats because of who they are. They get the seats based on the colour next to their name. The uh, the party name uh, will always win. Um, so it, it'll, the race may be competitive, but it looks very likely that uh, the National Party will get a, 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 a straightforward pickup here. Uh, now, obviously, we have pre- uh, compulsory preferential voting in our lower house seats in Victoria. Uh, All states and territories do apart from New South Wales, which is optional. New Zealand lower house electorates are still first past the post. So preference uh, deals are important uh, for a a candidate to to win by getting 
50% of the, the vote. That's how the, the Teals managed to, to win their seven seats, uh, winning on preferences. The, the Greens have uh, confirmed, as they usually do, preferencing Labor. In uh, though a more interesting uh, preference decision will be the the Liberals in the the inner city seats, which the Liberals won't win. It'll be a contest between Labor and the Greens. They have previously put the Greens last uh, since uh, 2010, though they could be putting Labor below the Greens because uh, the uh, Liberal Party is uh, behind uh, this put Labor last ad, uh, which is targeted at uh, pissed off unionists. Remember when we hit the streets to protest against Daniel Andrews' world record lockdowns? Remember when Andrews forced us to get the jab or lose our job? Now even our own unions are admitting he's a prick. Don't let him get away with it. Put Labor last. Authorised by C. McQuestion, Liberal Melbourne. Uh, so uh, McQuestion is the Liberal state director, but has the, the, the deep union mm -hmm. voice over <laughs> trying to appeal to cfmeu type nice voice. tradies about yeah remember how we were betrayed by our union and uh, they just went along with dan's lockdowns and jabs before we move on to <clears throat> other election issues are there. So there's a question up here. Could we please have your opinions on the USA midterms, red trickle rather than predicted red wave? Um, are you going to talk about that at the end of the show? Or well, should we, we will get to that. that here? All right. Uh, no, we'll... we will get to, to that at the end of the, the, the program because we will share some thoughts. Uh, now, obviously, with the the polls pointing that Dan Andrews is going to be re-elected as Premier for another three years because he's committed to serving the 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 that uh, another full four-year term which means he'd be premier for 12 years which would make him the longest serving labor premier the longest serving victorian premier is henry bolte he was a liberal from 1955 to uh, 72. so there has been renewed a uh, scrutiny of uh past a shall we call uh, anomalies uh, with uh, incidents that he was uh, involved in and this uh, includes a car crash uh, car collision i should say that uh, his wife uh, she was driving uh, the 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 family car a, in a in a in around their their holiday premises in Blaugarry on the Mornington Peninsula in 2013. And uh, so this is, because uh, uh, this was uh, new photographs in the, the Herald Sun were uh, revealed Tuesday. So this is the, the intersection here. They did a right turn and that's when the, the then 15-year-old uh, cyclist who uh, collided in the, in the car uh, Ryan uh, Mulman, who suffered uh, severe uh, injuries. Now, Dan Andrews, in his statement at the time, and he said in media interviews that uh, the that uh, Ryan uh, T-boned the the car, and so that he claimed that the cyclist was driving at speed and hit our car at perfect right angle very heavily. I want to make clear the cyclist hit our vehicle. My wife stopped the car immediately and provided assistance and comfort to the 
the the cyclists. They this is not true, according to Ryan and a a witness who has come forward. They didn't render assistance, and Dan Andrews claimed that their car was T-boned. This doesn't look like a T-bone here. This is <clears> like <throat> it looks like he just mm, went into yeah. the windscreen. Didn't T-bone the yep. the side. No, uh, um, what, what would have happened? see this all the time is they you have cars that pull out in front of cyclists and you just know there's literally there's just literally no way to stop in time uh so he would have you know obviously the cyclist was going at speed and uh he pulled they or his wife uh, she pulled out right in front and nearly killed somebody yeah and uh, they yeah so dan lied in his statement because they didn't render assistance and also like if you look at the damage here that's an unroadworthy car uh, uh, Dan has admitted that he drove the car away, left the scene of an accident, <laughs> not roadworthy, and according to police procedures, I mean, no it should have been impounded and uh, been as evidence. And of course, uh, it's been well known for years that police didn't follow proper procedure and breath test uh, Catherine Andrews. Uh, so th the reason this has, has come out now is because the police police refused an FOI request because it wasn't in the public interest and for privacy reasons, which we all uh, found hard to believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's also been reported this week that uh, Dan Andrews uh, is now under a fifth IBAC anti-corruption investigation. This is a, a fresh probe into the red shirts uh, rorts in 2013 when staffers were paid uh, for campaigning when uh, they were supposedly doing electorate work. So this, uh, their previous ones, it's uh, Operation Daintree uh, giving a, a $3.4 million that says billion. That's not true. That's uh, it's three point four million uh, to the health services union prior to the twenty eighteen state uh, election. Operation uh, Watts. So that was the uh, the the one about uh, using uh, uh, taxpayer funded uh, electorates uh, to uh, branch stack, uh, which led to. Uh, former Labor power broker Adam Somiak being expelled uh, from uh, the party. Uh, so there's Operation Sandon, alleged corrupt land deals, which saw Mr. Andrews questioned by IBAC. And there's the Operation Richmond's into dealings between him and the United Firefighters Union, which has uh, the UFU Secretary Peter Marshall has turned on him during the, the state election campaign, uh, which I covered last week. Uh, so a lot is coming back to, to haunt him. And also last weekend in the Herald Sun, we met the, the stairs that uh, he fell down, broke his back and uh, nearly died. And there were only two steps. And so this is Mark Knight's cartoon. This is obviously that's not, that's not uh, to scale Dan Andrews, but that is the actual two stairs that he fell down. Now I've played... <laughs> on a Monday's Tim's News Explosion, Rukshan's uh, mashup of uh, Dan Stairfall. And tonight I would like to, to play a, the uh, Danger uh, Dan Andrews's uh, mashup, which is also just as hilarious. And I'm making my way to the car to head off to work. And uh, it had been raining. And I'm making my way to the car to head off to work. And uh, it had been raining. 
Not sure it was raining at the time, but it had been raining. As I put my foot onto the first step, I knew I was in trouble. I didn't really connect with the step, it just slid straight off. I became airborne almost, so I'm uh, horizontal with the step, and then all I could hear was just this almighty crunch. <laughs> and that's when I knew. I knew that, and when I heard the crunch, I thought, that's, this is serious, we're in trouble here. Kath must have heard me sort of groaning in pain. I couldn't yell out. She comes and finds me a few moments later. It felt like an eternity because I couldn't breathe. I could only those most shallow breaths in and out. Everyone right to go? <laughs> That's just not fair. Yes, and I will repeat, it's perfectly okay to laugh at Dan Andrews' misfortune and pain that he suffered during that fall, given all the pain that he put Victorians through uh, this past two years. Yep. Uh, now, let's uh, move on to COP27, uh, <clears throat> the climate meeting in the Egyptian uh, coastal uh, town of, uh, it is, uh, it's called Sham uh, El Sheikh. Oh, sorry, I should say the, the Coca-Cola. El Sheikh. Coca-Cola <laughs> Cop. I mean. Coca-Cola Top it's, Cop 20. Yeah, it's it's, it's even bigger than the, uh, than the, than the Cop logo. Yeah, I mean, it's now like the the Olympics now with a, with a corporate sponsor. And uh, now uh, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese wants uh, the 2026 uh, COP, uh, which would be COP31, to be in Sydney and is going to, uh, going to, to bid for it. Of course, Coca-Cola, it's, it, 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 it's such an environmentally friendly corporation with all of their plastic uh, bottles that <laughs> every year. Uh, I'm not surprised that, uh, well, the, 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 the it, new... We, we, can, we can complain about the hypocrisy all we want, but the hypocrisy at this point is, is the point. Right? It's in your face. Uh, they, they want you to know uh, they want you to know that that they don't care, that that you that you know uh, that it's all scam. Um, so sure. <laughs> See, uh, good yeah. comment here. Uh, Sharm El Shakedown. Yeah, um, there's good money in it for them, uh, and we we get screwed over. And who knows, Coca Cola? You know, they pay the 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 uh, the jitsa, and uh, they get uh, they get a, a good uh, good kickback for it. Uh, now, of course, the, uh, the the new extreme radical environmentalists who, what is it, they started gluing themselves to road now, they're, what is it, they're vandalizing artwork. Uh, they pose uh, with Coke bottles next time. No, no, they're not, they're not going anymore because uh, they, they, well, they, they've realized what, you know, these conferences are greenwashing and uh, Greta is not going since she's revealed her true motive now is to yes uh, bring down western capitalism like mm -hmm. at least they're being open now and at least they're they're not getting sucked into the greenwashing so mm -hmm. i mean they're, they're slow learners mm -hmm. oh yeah 
very very slow <laughs> yeah. now even though i uh, the new british prime minister rishi sunak was there and joe biden made an appearance uh, anthony albanese and jacinta ardern did not go they sent their respective ministers so it was pat conroy for australia who's the international development and minister of the pacific and who did jacinta send uh probably james shaw i'm assuming it would be i don't actually know but i'm assuming it would be james shaw he's a greenie uh, isn't he uh yes yes uh, he's the, the green party leader co-leader um and he's the only man i think the only man possibly in the green party uh although there's no longer a requirement for them to have a man uh so he could decide to be a woman and he'd be all right uh now the reason why uh, Albo and Jacinta aren't going is because, well, they've got a, a busy uh, a, a busy spate of, of summits happening in, in Asia, and I assume they were worried about the, the carbon footprint of the, all the, the jets that were coming in <laughs> to, to Egypt. Yeah, like I said, yeah, that is an all actual, of it together, all of it together, that, it's not about... It's not about the hypocrisy. They you know, want you to know... Uh, that, that that it doesn't it doesn't matter anymore yeah that uh, is an actual shot of the the aerial a, aerial hmm. over over egypt even though this is a satirical newspaper like that's actually what it looks like <laughs> yeah so is, on another note it is good to see some of the uh the air the air travel get back to to normal uh, yeah pre, pre covid levels as as they call it but, um yeah it's nice to see but um, yes, yeah, so uh, Albo and Jacinta. Uh, so coming up this weekend is the East Asia Summit in uh, Cambodia. Then there is the, the G20, uh, which is in Indonesia. Putin's not going because he's worried he's going to be assassinated. So that's <laughs> something opportunity for Albo there. As uh, Tony Abbott uh, in infamously vowed he would do to Vladimir Putin, and then there is uh, APEC, which is in Thailand uh, this year. So keeping it local uh, this year, saving their carbon credits uh, up for this uh, this uh, November blitz. And uh, we are coming up to the last ten minutes or so of the show. Uh, if you've got any questions, let let us know. And uh, yeah, if you want to, if you've got some more items you want to get through, Tim, my voice is starting to reach the end of its life anyway. So, um, oh, well, we've got the, we had some uh, quite uh, disturbing uh, revelations come up in set and estimates uh, this week. Uh, so, uh, in one of our uh, regulators, the Australian Pesticides and Veterinary Medicines or Authority, a senior male executive uh, resigned after he was alleged to have urinated on staff members. So apparently this didn't happen at a, a Christmas party. So the, uh, the, the chief executive said that uh, she was aware of the matter and it uh, insisted the incident took place at a private uh, event uh, so yes uh, this is what um apparently uh, yes uh, went on at one of our regulatory uh, agencies there and they're in charge of yes uh what is that uh, uh regulating well a 
ma making sure that pesticides and medicines are in order and you know having urine everywhere is not very hygienic so yes glad he was showing the door but yes uh stuff like this comes up at center estimates bureaucrats behaving badly and uh we also had uh, brought up in Senate estimates uh, by Liberal Senator Alex Antic the fact that uh, the ABC's iconic uh, children's program, Play School, I mean, I uh, grew up uh, with Play School, had a story time with uh, drag queen Courtney Act. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Storytime. My name is Courtney and this is Humpty. Hi. We are going to read you a story. I wonder what the story will be about today, Humpty. Oh, did you hear that? That was the sound of the magic story draw. <coughs> yes, uh, I, I just played that short 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 segment i didn't include yeah, thank you for that was that was already too long yes um, and yes uh, uh courtney act is uh, has uh, a number of roles at uh, the the abc so is one of the hosts of their one plus one interview program and also did a segment uh for uh abc tv's little kids big talk a uh, uh, kids ask about gender i won't uh, play that. Uh, so, uh, Alex Antic questioning uh, the the ABC's managing director David Anderson rightfully uh, accused them of grooming. So I've got a couple of questions about some programming programming matters. And at the moment, the ABC is airing a program called Courtney Act: The Spectacular Suit, in which a male drag performer Shane Jenick reads a children's book uh, called The Spectacular Suit. This is it here. Uh, about a female child wanting to wear male clothing. The program was rated G, uh, and it's been heavily promoted on TV and on the app. My question is this. Why is the ABC grooming Australian children with this sort of adult content? Uh, I Senator, I don't see that as grooming uh, children with that content. That, that particular program is reading from a book that's about dressing up. So I think this female is... Female children in male children's clothing. You think that's just, that's not something? I mean, young girls wearing pants. Sorry, Chair. Seriously. Chair. We can't, I, have the, we... I have the call. Thank you. Well, Mr. Anderson. it's please. offensive. Well, it's not, well, if it's offensive, you don't it's have to deeply, hang around, Sarah. Deeply well, offensive. you don't have to hang around, Sarah, if you don't want to. Yes, that was Green Senator Sarah Hanson-Young being uh, the triggered one there. Yeah, he's, uh, you had a, he's, um, he's done a few Good, uh, good questions at, at these uh, types of meetings. This guy, uh, what was his name again? Uh, uh, Alex Antic is Liberal he, Senator. He asked okay. uh, the head. Uh, you'll remember the head of the Australian Department yeah. of Health, Professor. What is a woman? Yes. What is a woman? It's coming back to me now. Yeah, great, great guy. Um, good to see him accuse the ABC of grooming. That's obviously what they're doing. Um, and yeah, it's, that's this is the kind of stuff that's getting worse and worse in both New Zealand and Australia. And New Zealand as well, uh, uh, you know, puberty blockers for children. Uh, I've heard um, that they're looking to um, expand, that they're looking to, um, you know, basically make it available over the counter, that kind of thing, right? They're really, really pushing the the uh, chemical castration of children. They're really pushing the grooming content. They're really pushing the drag queens. Um, 
heard from a teacher yesterday that he has been told off saying boys and girls uh, in, in a maths class and so on. So it's getting very, very bad and the propaganda is getting very, very heavy. And we need to, um, you know, we need more people like him to make uh, noise about it. And unfortunately, we don't have anybody in New Zealand Parliament who would who will even say a word about it. Uh, and in, uh, in the Midwifery Council of, of New Zealand, like many government organizations, is dropping the words mother and woman from its guidelines. None of its material will refer to pregnant women as women. It won't refer to mothers as mothers. They're going to use this inclusive language, like using uh, the Maori word for family, which is whanau or something. So we're replacing woman with whanau, uh, which basically means that um, uh, women will be told that their, you know, their husbands are, are um, doing as much work as them. It's gonna, they're going to be referred to as a collective. So it's no longer uh, women and mothers doing the actual work they do in actually growing and giving birth to babies and feeding them. Uh, that's now uh, collective work and women are being erased and obviously completely intentional. And that's, that's the end game for them is to erase women, erase the foundation of society, uh, and uh, that's that's you know, and it comes to see uh, with comes one step further. I see there from Lady of Shot in the comments here. The end is the uh, that that don't make me tap the sign is it's really about uh, you know uh, them uh, uh, diddling kids and being pedophiles and grooming children, and that's where it comes down to. In the end, it all comes back to pedophilia. Same thing with the uh, the founder of gender theory, John Money. You know, it all came what all came back to him as well. Was and he was a New Zealander? Uh, he sad. was a New Zealander. Yep. Sadly, that's New Zealand. New Zealand is to blame for gender theory, um, and same thing for him. It came back to being a pedophile, basically, and that's what it's going to be. That's where we come back to every single time with these people. Are they still going to be called the Midwifery Council? I mean, <clears throat> and, we still uh, have... until. They'll need to come up with a different word, and then they'll need to propagandize that word for a couple of years. You know, that, I'm sure they will. Absolutely, I'm sure they will. There was a well. We're getting towards the the end of the show now, so we will touch upon the the midterms. It's your last mm -hmm. chance to yeah. uh, center a question or <clears throat> or super chat. Yeah. It seemed mm -hmm. in the midterms uh, mm -hmm. with the the red wave not being quite as as high as many expected that there's a lot of americans who yeah are okay with groomers that uh, yeah, that's the, the reality is that people most of the voters most of the voters are depraved horrible people uh maybe hard to accept uh but that that off that is really the case where we're headed to as a society is that most of society is okay with this the society is degenerate which means that democracy will produce uh, these outcomes um, the red wave, however, uh, I believe the Senate, uh, the House is firmly Republican. Um, but they've got to count uh, more of the votes because as... Uh, yeah, they, and they keep, going, they keep counting, right? So you've got to win beyond the margin of uh, lawyer, is what Mark Stein used to say, but it's beyond the margin of fraud. Uh, and Mark, uh, and, and sorry, Ron DeSantis in Florida, so he reformed their voting system. So they count the votes in Florida on the same day. Yes, which so, is a so, revolutionary uh, and, idea. <laughs> and there was a red that. wave. There was a red wave in Florida where they count the votes on the day. Uh, and the, Carrie Lake should win in Arizona. It's, likely, it's, yeah. yeah, it's this. I've new, predicted. It, I've predicted saying she Carrie Lake can do to Arizona what Ron DeSantis did to Florida. She can clean it up. 
Pennsylvania is screwed. Uh, what's the other one? Montana, they're screwed. Uh, sorry, it's Nevada. Nevada is the one that's uh, got Clark. I think County. it was. What was it? it? Montana <laughs> was the state that. Uh, was was that the state that? Uh, they said. They said they, they don't know how many votes are left to count. That's the last thing we heard from them. Uh, that's that's kind of insanity. Um, obviously there were some bad candidates. Uh, uh, Pennsylvania talking about Oz. You you run a Republican candidate who's um. Uh, pro grooming children and and who knows what else pro abortion all the stuff like Oz was. Why would people vote for him? They're gonna and he's he was Turkish too. Uh, obviously, they were gonna vote for the um, mentally ill. I was, was gonna use a different yeah, word. Yeah, I think YouTube, YouTube might YouTube might pick up on that with its uh, uh, recognition yeah, yeah. algorithm. It's the it's the way to go for the Democrats. <laughs> but see, if I lived in Pennsylvania, I wouldn't have voted for Oz. Uh, so people say, well, he lost. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know much about many of the other places, uh, how much, of, yeah, it was, I think the, the wave was probably overhyped, um, but uh, who knows, the longer the count goes on, the smaller, the smaller the trickle gets, yeah, which is you unfortunately, that's the way America is the, the, uh, the, one of the, one of the most corrupt electoral systems in the world. You mentioned Montana. Uh, their voters rejected the born alive ballot measure. Yeah. So if a, and a, a baby survives an abortion, uh, there's no obligation on the yeah. doctors and hospitals to save that child. Yeah. And they vote. And, and, and with many of these abortion measures as well, you look at, you read the actual wording that they put on the ballot, and you need a high IQ to be able to interpret the measure correctly. Most voters don't have, you know, like your average voter has slightly below average IQ. So the people who are in charge of putting these things on the ballot and so on, either they're malicious or they're stupid. It's hard to tell, but the the strategy in the Republican Party is is completely messed up. Uh, you saw Mitch McConnell pulled $10 million of ads from Blake Masters. You know, they they have this uh, the system where they will fight against their, you know, their own, they'll, They'll try and sink their own candidates if they're too if they if they're too uh, too radical or too pro-Trump. So you got a little bit of a Republican civil war effect as well, where they're actively trying to sabotage some of their own candidates, and and their overall strategy is is not good. Um, and there was probably a little bit of a um, a uh, backlash, you could say, of Roe v. Wade being overturned, so Democrats having a bit of a, a fit, but. Again, the Republicans have the House, so it doesn't matter. It's dead. They, they will get no it okay. eventually. So. Uh, apparently, they're all going home over the weekend. The counters <laughs> in Arizona. Yes, so they'll be done in in, uh, in a month or so, and once they once they find enough boxes, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, assuming that Carrie Lake got enough to win beyond the margin of fraud, which it may she may turn out to have after all, she she will transform Arizona. And and it'll be one one less corrupt state, uh, uh, yeah. But that's that's America's biggest problem is that uh, the the voting system is corrupt. The uh, and then the other problem is the um, that they incompetence in or, or this the infighting in the in the Republican Party probably in terms of the uh, the establishment the, the the neocons versus the the MAGA uh, versus the um, you know the actual real conservatives uh the christian nationalists and and, and, and those people so uh yeah uh we will see how it goes at the moment though it uh it looks like it's um there's this sort of effectively a lame duck joe biden no matter what so that's always good he said he's going to to run again he's inspired by john fetterman that uh yeah, yeah he, he can, can do it yeah <laughs> and that he'll uh, do it yeah democrats who actually 
like uh, of sound mind. It's an advantage. Look, with Fetterman, it's an advantage. They have people yeah. get the pity vote. That's yeah. yeah. And Joe Biden will get the pity vote. He'll he he's 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 their best shot. Yeah, and uh, like actual Democrats who spout uh, Democrat <laughs> policies like Stacey Abrams and Better O'Rourke continue yeah, they, to lose. They get wrecked. They get wrecked. Absolutely right. That's it. Stacey Abrams wrecked. Better O'Rourke wrecked. They need to run the the cognitively deficient candidates if they want to win. That's the only way. Well, uh, I hope that everyone, we went a bit over time mm -hmm. to share our thoughts on the, the yep. midterms. Uh, so thank you everyone uh, for watching. There is still three shows to, to go, but uh, thank you everyone uh, for your, your viewership uh, throughout uh, the show's run. Our final show will be uh, December 2. Uh, but uh, there is obviously a still st still a, a lot uh, that uh, we will report on with the well the Victorian election coming closer and closer, and of course the all the uh, all the end of year uh, big uh, big international conferences will cover mm -hmm. those as well. And I'm sure and all, the, all the stuff that gets dumped in the month before the uh, the end, you know, the late November. Is, is kind of the time where they can start shoving, you know, pushing things under the carpet to get buried in, in the holiday, uh, um, the, rope, the rush for people to the holidays. So <laughs> we, may, we may have a good last few shows. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you very much for watching. Stay safe, stay sane, and stay free. And anything else? No, that's it. Uh, I'm happy <laughs> with that. Good night. Uh, stay healthy in this case. Rest up. Have a good weekend. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. To keep up with the latest real news and analysis from the Tasman nations, visit theyoungshackles.net and rightminds.nz.